0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Unscrewed Nation, it's Jacqueline. Still in my summer hiatus, so I'm bringing you this classic spare parts episode that includes basically my favorite song ever, discussion of female-centered sex slang, A little bit of heavy stuff that's still super important to talk about, and a pickup line at the end. Hope you like it. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another Spare Parts episode of Unscrewed, where we bring you a little of this, a little of that, and get you in and out in 15 minutes or less usually do a little overview of the show at this point but honestly i am too impatient right now to do that because twitter user helen amy j sent me this amazing song and it's pretty much an emergency for you to hear it right now i don't know about you but just lately i've been thinking that the way we praise the brave is quite bizarre it's a phrase we misconstrue and is spoken without blinking That men's bollocks are the strongest thing by far. Allow us to analyse. Balls are dangling, they're all vulnerable and limp. Whereas the growler is certainly no wimp. She can take a pounding, but he can't take a tug. It's time we started praising The the greatness of the rock. Got to grow a hairy twat. I'll put my cunt on the line for that. People everywhere have got to stop growing a pear and woman up and grow a twat. If you poke around them, Honestly, it print. only gets better than Eric I can't wanted to play the whole thing, but you really, in fact, should go check out the video, it's in our show notes. You can also find it anywhere. You can find the Four Femmes on the Thames, the boss-ass broads who made that song called Woman Up. You can find them at Four Femmes on Twitter. That's the number four and the word femmes. And you can also find all their work on their website at fourfemmesonthethemmes.co.uk. That's for the word four spelled out F-O-U-R. And for those of us Americans who aren't as familiar, Thames is spelled T-H-A-M-E-S. Other amazing dirty slang updates, Marnie Goldenberg, who is on Twitter as Sexplainer, offers She's Got Snatch for our dirty slang lexicon, which is pretty good. It's got got like a little, little bit of edge to it that I like. And Raina Reynolds, who tweets as Geeky Raina, responded to our conversation about lady boners on the How Does Lady Gaga Feel episode with a suggestion from her girlfriend, which is Vagoner or Vajoner? I'm not really sure, but it's obviously a combination of vag and boner. So let's add that to the dictionary, too. Keep them coming, everyone. Send them to me at unscrewed at jacquelinefriedman.com. dot com. Tweet them at me and at, at Jacqueline F. Use the unscrewed hashtag. It makes me happy every time I see a new idea. after all that delight, we have to handle some serious business in this episode. I want to talk for a minute about this new novel that's burning up the literary world called Thomas Jefferson Dreams of Sally Hemings, which imagines a lifelong romance between the two and which is getting glowing reviews from everyone from NPR, who calls it brave and wondrous, to the Washington Post, which said, among other things, that the book's Deeply humane treatment of Sally, whose actual thoughts will never be known to us, is the novel's most haunting accomplishment. Actually, the most haunting accomplishment, although maybe accomplishment is not the right word here, is that somebody wrote a romance novel about a master raping his slave repeatedly over her lifetime, and everyone is pretending it's romantic. It's haunting, if not an accomplishment. So let's be super clear here. Thomas Jefferson owned Sally Hemings. She was enslaved by him. She was in bondage to him. And he started raping her when she was a teenager, somewhere between the ages of 14 and 16. And he was a very full-grown adult at that point. So let's be crystal about the dynamics here. There is no consent in this situation. You cannot have a consensual romance between a master and his slave, not a literal master's and a slave. I'm not talking about people playing at master's and slave, role-playing master's and slave. I'm saying this person was in human bondage to the person who was putting his dick in her. I don't care what words she says. If she doesn't have basic sovereignty over her body she can't consent to sex it doesn't mean anything if she said yes i want to have sex with you because she had no option to say no he literally owned her body the idea that in 2016 we can think this is romantic is terrifying to me i mean look yes there are asymmetries of power there are some gray areas right like a professor and a grad student there's asymmetries of power there right like is that always bad you can make arguments to me I think you need to tread carefully and look most of our relationships have asymmetries of power around class and economics around race privilege around gender privilege uh, ability all kinds of things right we all have to negotiate asymmetries of power in our relationship <laughs> there comes a point and I think it's crystal clear that that one partner enslaving the other partner even renders the word partner meaningless Ah, I can't believe I even have to say this, honestly, but I do. And please don't come to me with what we've seen from a lot of lit bros trying to defend this book saying, well, it's just a novel. It's a fantasy. It's it's one person's imagining. And are we going to, you know, cap imagination like representation fucking matters? Like when we tell stories that say that it's romantic for someone to own and control another person's body for their entire life and rape them like what we're saying is rape is romantic right so it doesn't matter if it's a novel (laughs) stories we tell each other matter the stories we tell each other and the way we legitimize them by saying this is so brave and romantic and wonderful it tells actual rape survivors that we think what was done to them is brave and romantic and wonderful this has real world implications this may seem like a really extreme example But this kind of gaslighting, this kind of telling victims that they really must have wanted it, that what they experienced wasn't really rape, this happens every day and it has real consequences. Actually, the next segment that I need to introduce is is kind of about this. You may remember that last week's show, Fun for Whom, was a crossover with the awesome podcast The League of Awkward Unicorns, which is a really wonderful show about mental health, which meant that they had me on their show. And I talked about stuff that I don't usually talk about in public. I talked about my own story around sexual violence and recovering and rebuilding a sexuality from there. And I wanted to play you a snippet that rhymes with this conversation. You need to know just a couple of things before listening to this. One is that the first voice you'll hear after me is Alice Bradley. She's the co-host of the League of Awkward Unicorns, along with Deanna, who was on Fun For Whom last week. A few weeks ago, Alice publicly came out about how she recently realized that she had been raped and that how she had really kept that secret from herself for many, many years. So we'll refer to that, and I just want you to have context for it. And then the last voice you'll hear at the end is Deanna, who you'll recognize from Fun For Whom. I, I, I struggle with the word rape because the assault, in my, in my case, the assault was interrupted, uh, mm. and I don't know if he was going to rape me or not. Maybe, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I tend to say sexually assaulted. Sometimes I say rape as a shorthand because honestly, it's all terrible. Um, So I struggle with that about like wanting to minimize it and say, well, it wasn't as bad, you know, that. But I also have for a long time had like my mind play tricks on me because I was pretty drunk and I was passing in Mm -hmm. and out of consciousness. And so I think I know what he did and what he didn't do. But I don't entirely and then sometimes I'm like well that maybe that means you made the whole thing up or you know like even though there were witnesses like there's an actual like literally we were interrupted because somebody walked in the room and dragged him off of me yeah. so like obviously he was doing stuff you know um, what, Jacqueline I had to tell you I have had the maybe I made the whole thing up literally I mean until I really started talking about this on the podcast and started talking to my friends I... I had this fear that people were gonna say you made it up and I was talking to my therapist about it and I even thought that I had talked about this whole thing as being this consensual thing. And I had friends from back then said who said, No, no, you told us from the beginning that you were raped. We knew, we all knew. Yeah. But I had it's amazing what your mind can do. Well, and you know, I wrote a thing a couple of weeks ago for The Guardian about people who deny like you did right like who basically bury it right Mm -hmm. um and it's for good reasons you know I just I was just at Penn State as I mentioned and one of the things I attended while I was there was a survivor speak out which I hadn't been to one of those in a while like most of the time when I go to to college these days I give talks and workshops and stuff but I hadn't been to like an old school survivor speak out in a while and every time I go to one I hear from multiple young women who say, I've never talked to anybody about this. I just denied that it happened or I told myself it was bad sex or, you know, some story that they told themselves. And Mm. it's so common. It's so common. And then that gets used to, like, make it seem like victims are suspect, which Mm -hmm. only makes us want to deny it more. It's Mm. it's a terrible, vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. And. And it's so powerful to hear them and to hear you. Honestly, I was in tears, Alice, listening to Aww. that show. Um, find your voice, find their voice. Like, no matter what they say, you know, one of the girls spoke up the other night and was like, "I, st- you know, that she was four. She was remembering child abuse. Mm. Uh, and she was like, I still am not, I don't know that I'll ever be convinced it wasn't at least partially my fault. Oh, mm. God. Oh. oh my god it's just amazing what we can do to ourselves to and that's the thing is like we have these we have these structures built into our brains to protect us at all costs so that we don't fall apart and like go completely insane from something like that right and in, and instead of like protecting us because it's like oh, i don't know i don't know i don't know it just ends up making you feel insane in a different way That's just a snippet of the long conversation I had with Alice and Deanna, uh, and you get a sense of how personal we got. Uh, So please definitely go listen to it. The show is called League of Awkward Unicorns, and the episode is called Anger is a Bomb, and we'll link to it in the show notes. And just because I don't want to end on such a challenging, difficult note, I can't resist sharing this tiny little outtake from the recording I made with Deanna for Fun For Whom. You may even find it useful yourself. It picks up right after we finish recording the lightning round. All right, you survived the lightning round. God, that was harrowing. You weren't very fast. No. (laughs) I'm thorough. Well, that sounds like a pickup line. I'm not fast, but I'm thorough. Oh, I'm going to have to use that. And you can use it too, dear listeners. Just be sure to tell me what happens when you do. Send me an email at unscrewed at com. Tweet at me at Jacqueline F, jaclynf, J A C L Y N F, as in Friedman. Use the unscrewed hashtag. Tell me what happens when you use that pickup line. But also, don't forget send on your sex and sexuality related advice questions to be answered by me and a future guest. Send on ideas for future shows, topics you'd like to see us cover, you know, guests you'd like to have us have on, thoughts you have about the show. I love talking to listeners whenever. Also, don't forget to give us some ratings on the iTunes. That's how you help people find us if you love the show and want other people to find it go to iTunes give us some stars give us some words that's all we have time for today the show is produced in collaboration with Katie Tandy creative director of the and edited by yours truly our cover art is by Nicole Donna, and the in and out music you're listening to right now is by the pink tiles until next week I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives